all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, One Church in Global Locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. I am unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest. I come to God as I am but I won't stay as I am because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10 and I win in Jesus' name. I want you to go to this scripture. This is going to make you shout. Revelation 3.11. Revelation 3.11. Revelation 3.11. Say, I'm getting free tonight. No, 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 no. You need to say it so that your money hears you. Say, I'm getting free tonight. No, you need to see it so every say it so every generational curse here uh, hears you say I'm getting free tonight. You need to say it so depression knows. Don't even try that with me. Say I'm getting free tonight. Say it so discouragement don't even try to mess with you no more. Say I'm getting free tonight. Revelation three eleven. Here's what it says: Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, so that nobody can take your crown. Now, remember, there's some technical issues, so you're not going to be able to see it on the screen. It says, behold, this is Jesus speaking. I'm coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have that no one, say no one, no. Uh, say no thing, no. can take my crown. Take my crown. Now, now, what does this mean, Bishop? Nothing to take my crown. Revelation 1.6, and he has made us to be what? Kings and priests. What do kings wear? Crowns. What is a crown? An indication of your authority. An indication, watch this, of your affirmation and who you are. Touch your neighbor, say, for the last time, have your emotions taken your crown? I wish I had a church here. I wish I had a church here. Uh, Lay your hands on yourself. Say your name. Say, for the last time, have your emotions taken your crown, pulled you down, ruined your day? Say, from this moment forward, no breakdown. Just break through. Give him praise if you believe that tonight. Father, speak to us tonight. Taylor, may customize this word for us, your people, that we move and walk in what you've ordained. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. As you know, as we are in our series, Emojis. Emojis are symbols that illustrate emotions. And our emotions can change, cause us to act strange, cause unnecessary pain and problems. So in this series, say this series, 
we've been confronting and conquering emotions so that they do not conquer us. And as I mentioned, the last few messages in this series are going to get into the nitty-gritty of emotions. Now, watch this. We learned on Sunday that God is transforming you into his image daily. Say, I'm being transformed. And we learned on Sunday that 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. So since I'm being transformed into his image, not only am I construction site, but I'm being transformed to love like God. In fact, I'm being transformed to be like God. And every day I'm being transformed, which means I celebrate my progress because I realize that transformation is a process, not an event. Say it is a process. See, you ought to shout about the fact that you used to would have cussed somebody out had the thing happened to you that happened to you today. But this time you threw your hands up in praise. You ought to celebrate the fact that last year had somebody acted that way with you. You probably would have lost your mind. You ought to look at your neighbor and say, I can celebrate progress. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I would have lost my mind had this happened to me last year or the year before. But I've been making progress because I'm being transformed. And transformation, you may not be able to see it, but, baby, I know it's happening on the inside to me touch your neighbor say i'm being transformed so each day you and i are being transformed we are now construction sites and every now and then there are sometimes breakdowns in construction sites you need to understand that anytime there is a process of transformation there are breakdowns and those breakdowns normally occur in humans in our emotions so tonight somebody say tonight I endeavor to give you the anatomy. That is the study of the structure and internal workings of an emotional breakdown because I need to make an announcement to you and to all your crazy emotions from this moment forward, no more breakdown, just breaking through. I said from this moment forward, no more breaking down, just breaking through. See, if you learn how to receive that with joy, you'd start seeing it in your life. There are several individuals that we can look at in the Bible that experience this. Pick a name and uh, the process and the anatomy of their emotional breakdown is the same. We can look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah's uh, breakdown is seen in the book that bears his name, but also in Lamentations, uh, to lament, to mourn. In fact, that word Lamentations in Hebrew, it means how. And that's often how an emotional breakdown begins it's not the what I'm dealing with it's the why I'm dealing with it and the how am I supposed to get through it uh, Jeremiah whose name in Hebrew means whom God has appointed or who God will raise up he came from a priestly family uh, he wasn't no broke somebody and his breakdown was that he spent his life trying to help people that didn't want to be helped and proof that they didn't want to be helped was that they never did anything that he said to do some of the emotional breakdowns that you're dealing with is because you're trying to convince people that ain't listening to you in the first place. You're trying to get folks to see value that they can't recognize in the first place. You're trying to change people that don't want to change in the first place. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet, and he was the weeping prophet because he spent all of his time trying to help folk that didn't want to be helped, trying to love people that didn't want to be loved, trying to be there for people that wouldn't be there for him, being loyal to people that weren't loyal to him, caring about people that didn't care about him Ooh, but tonight I announce you're gonna be set free from every person tonight that you've been trying to love that ain't loving you back that you've been trying to care about that ain't caring back that you've been there that can't be there for you touch your neighbor say you're getting free tonight he broke down because because the people were not listening to him and he spent his life trying to help people that didn't want to be helped and so watch this they never did anything that he said to do he was known as the weeping prophet he was lamenting consider this the second book that bears uh, his story lamentations to lament to mourn and to weep can you imagine being a grown man spending all of your days lamenting and weeping 
I, you didn't hear what I just said. Can you imagine spending your days waking up sad, going to lunch sad, eating dinner sad because you're trying to help folk that don't want to be helped? But what's interesting, if you look at Jeremiah's life when he was in the middle of his emotional breakdown in chapter 20, he begins to conspire and he says that he's not going to do it anymore. In fact, he says, I'm not saying God's words anymore because it seems like the more I try to help folk, the more folk do me wrong. He said, it seems like the more I preach to people, the more the people turn on me. In fact, it got so bad for him that they locked him up for it because they said, we can't stop him from telling the truth unless we get rid of him. There are some people that what they've done to you in lying on you and betraying you and treating you poorly is they were hoping that they could put you in a prison that would shut you up and shut you down. They were hoping, watch this, that if they inflicted a wound upon you, that that wound was going to make you not like or care about anybody else. They, they were hoping you get locked into a prison. But what I love about it is that when Jeremiah was conspiring to give up, just like some of y'all been doing. Oh, you know those conspiracies you be having in your mind where you start running through stuff in your mind and say, you know what, what if I just walk away from it all? What if I just give up on it all? What if, who am I preaching to? What if I just throw in the towel? Uh, Jeremiah began to conspire, but ooh, what I love about it is even when he began to conspire, he said, when I wanted to quit, it was like fire. I came to speak to somebody tonight. This getting ready to be some fire, getting ready to be stirred up on the inside of you. Somebody holler fire. Yes, sir. Yet when he conspired to quit, when he conspired to give up, when he conspired to throw in the towel, he said, I wanted to, but there was fire on the inside of me. And in the name of Jesus, I release fire. I said, I release fire in your spirit tonight. You ain't came this far to give up. You've not come this far to throw in the towel. You've not made this much progress to give up now. Somebody holler fire. No, oh, but then we can look now at Elijah's breakdown. Elijah, be seated. Uh, Elijah had a breakdown. Say he had a breakdown. Uh, when you look at Elijah's breakdown, Elijah's name, who means God is my God, specifically Elijah's name means Jehovah is my God. He creates the sons of the prophets. He appears out of nowhere in 1 Kings chapter 17 as the Tishbite of Gilead, which means a monument of accomplishments. This was an accomplished man. This was a man that had done something. It's interesting uh, when you see people that have had accomplishments have emotional breakdowns because, watch this, that suggests to us that everybody is subject to an emotional breakdown sometimes. Sometimes you think, man, if I had more money, I wouldn't have a breakdown. No, your breakdown would just be a breakdown with more money. You think if I had a nicer car, I wouldn't have a breakdown. No, you just have a breakdown with a nice car payment. Sometimes we think that if we had more or if we had more accomplishments or if we had more possessions or if we had more things that somehow we would be exempted from experiencing emotional breakdowns. But what I love about Elijah is even though he came from a monument of accomplishments, he still had a breakdown. Which means, watch this, stop beating yourself up because you're a human being. I know you try to walk around like you're super Christian and like you're super sane and you're always strong, but sometimes you ain't Superman, sometimes you're Clark Kent. And I came to tell somebody tonight, don't beat yourself up because you had a Clark Kent moment. Why, baby? You about to go in that telephone booth tonight and have you a little turnaround. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, come on in the telephone booth with me tonight. Yes, sir. Why? Because you're getting ready to bounce out of whatever breakdown you've been in. I said you're getting ready to bounce out of whatever breakdown you've been in. What's this now? James 5.17 says that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And in chapter 17, Elijah prophesies. That means he declares that there would be drought 
in the land. And we can infer that the reason is because of the stubbornness of the people. Uh, and from there, Elijah is directed to go to the book Cherith. Now, this is a man that's accomplished, but it's a man that's now in the middle of instability. He's in the middle of instability because his assignment now has required him to say some things that have now changed things. And these things that are changing are now indirectly affecting him. Just because you're doing what you were created to do doesn't mean everything's going to be easy for you. Sometimes you think that when you do what you're supposed to do, that everything is going to be easy for you. But can I tell you that oftentimes when you're doing what you're supposed to do, that's when the most hell rises up against you. Can I tell somebody tonight the hell you've been dealing with might not be because you've been doing stuff wrong. I came to tell somebody it's because you finally started doing it right. And when you finally started doing it right, all of a sudden now, hell has been throwing everything it put against you. But I got good news for somebody tonight. Just your neighbor and say, you ain't breaking down no more. Tell them you're breaking through. I don't like the way you said it to your neighbor. Try the other one. Say, you're not breaking down anymore. Tell them, say, you're breaking through. He goes to the brook Cherith. Now, remember, he calls drought. When he calls drought, now he's got to go to the brook Cherith uh, because there's drought in the land and he needs to be provided for. But Cherith in Hebrew means a place of separation and cutting. Say separation and cutting. Here's what that really means. He's isolated. And while he's being isolated, he's being worked on. And while he's being worked on, he's in the middle of what feels like a breakdown. That's why sometimes, watch this, every number you call, nobody answers. Now, Bishop, why is that happening? Because God sometimes says, you're not maximizing your cherith. I have separated you and I'm cutting on you. Cutting biblically isn't cutting negative, it's cutting to prune. And whenever God cuts to prune, he's cutting away what needs to die so that what lives have strength. Why? Because if you do not prune a tree, if you do not prune a plant, then you will waste energy and resources on stuff that's not supposed to live anymore. Okay, watch this. Uh, the Lord feeds him there with a raven because what he prophesied had the unintended consequence of adversely affecting him. Then the Lord orders him to go to Zarephath, which means a place of refining. So watch this. He goes from a place of separation and cutting to being refined. So separation, say separation, cutting, then refining. See, this is the process of an emotional breakdown. And if you're not taught what's really going on, you'll think something's going wrong. He separates you. I'm giving you the anatomy of it. Then he cuts on you. Then he begins to refine you. Say, I'm getting better. And here's the thing about it. When you're actually getting better to you, you feel like you're getting worse. I wish I had some honest people. Have you ever looked at yourself and said, my God, what's going on with me? What's going on in my life? What's going on in my finances? What's going on in my family? It's because, what's this? Touch your neighbor and say, you're being refined. Uh, please understand, uh, specifically here, this kind of refining is extraction metallurgy. I've taught you this before. It uses fire to decompose the metal ore, driving off other elements as gases, leaving just the metal base behind. There's some stuff that God says, because you wouldn't dismiss it, I drove it away. There are some people that God says, since you wouldn't dismiss them, I drove them away. There are some mentalities that God says, since you wouldn't dismiss it, I drove it away. It drives off the other elements as gases, leaving just the metal base behind. Watch this. Here it is again by itself. You can have people around you, but still be by yourself. 
I, I wish I had some honest folk that could say, Bishop, truth be told, I got this person, this person, I call this person, I do this, I do this, I call this person friend, I call this person that. But the truth be told, honestly, most of the time, I feel like I'm by my. Ain't nobody going to say nothing to me. Preach to yourself. Yes, sir. Uh, and so watch this now. Touch your neighbor. Say, I know what he's talking about. I know what he's talking about. Uh, it's by itself. And you know the story there. At Zarephath is the widow woman. Uh, she was preparing for her and her son to die. And she feeds Elijah first. And she reaps the miracles reserved for when she honored the man of God. And she gave him the cake first. Watch this. Uh, but you may or may not know after all of that, the woman's son dies. And Elijah calls him back from the dead. Watch it. He's a man from accomplishments. But he's in the middle of an emotional breakdown. He's separated. He's cut on. He's refined. And then he deals with failure in his face because how did he save the boy to only then see a few days later the boy die now he brings the boy back from the dead but imagine what that did to his emotional stability it's one thing if you're a loser and you've always been one it's another thing when you've I'm speaking to some people tonight you've accomplished some stuff in life Bishop what have I accomplished you beat some statistics already you've broken some curses already you've done stuff you weren't supposed to do already that's your neighbor say you don't have a clue who you sit next to Oh, you see, no, that's not how you say it when you believe it. You've already beaten some stuff. You, you ain't no regular, everyday loser. Man, if people knew the help that you've been through, they'd look at you and just say, ain't God good. Won't he make a way? Hunt him no way. Here's a man that wasn't an everyday loser that's now dealing with loss and failure. He's in the middle of an emotional breakdown. Now we're in chapter 18 of 1 Kings. Again, they can't show it to you due to the technical issue. Three years into the drought that Elijah had prophesied, and God sends Elijah back to Ahab. He was the king to announce that rain was coming. And a man named Obadiah is Ahab's chief of staff because he was able to survive after this woman named Jezebel had massacred the men of God. Watch this. There were only a hundred men of God or prophets left, prophets, men of God, speaking on behalf of God. And he put them into hiding to feed them, which reveals to us the enemy that was the perpetrator behind uh, Elijah's breakdown. He was able to still have some stability even after being separated, cut on, and refined. He's even able to get past dealing with what seems like momentary failure. But when he meets this particular individual... All of a sudden, the bottom seems to fall out. Are you still here? I'm giving you the anatomy of an emotional breakdown. Touch your neighbor and say the anatomy of an emotional breakdown. Now, this is significant because, watch this, uh, Jezebel is the wife of King Ahab, and their union is significant because it marked Satan's release of the only spirit that had the power to oppose an Elijah, uh, the only spirit that had the power to oppose a man of God. There is only one spirit that has the ability to make a man of God want to quit, and that is the spirit of Jezebel. And we look at it in 1 Kings chapter 16. Uh, I'll just summarize it since they can't throw it up on the screens for you. Uh, you see the origin of this woman, Jezebel, that she is is really, watch this, the daughter of, the, of, of Satan. I taught you this before, 1 Kings chapter 16. Uh, you can go look at it for yourself. Uh, if we were to look at it uh, and, and cross-reference 1 Kings 16 uh, through Ezekiel 28, uh, that Jezebel is the devil's daughter. Now, now touch your neighbor, say, say stay with Bishop. This is significant because some of the people you've dealt with, watch this, you weren't dealing with them. Bishop, what are you saying? There was a spirit in them that was assigned to assassinate you. 
But we all got news for that trip tonight. Excuse me, I just got to preach it like I want There's some people that showed up carrying stuff, trying to assassinate you, make you give up, make you kill yourself, make you say you ain't going nowhere but tonight. What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? See, see, some of you, see, before we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but rulers of darkness and principalities in high places, which means sometimes what you need to do when you see certain people is you need to say, move. What's the spirit behind you? You ain't even the problem. You carrying something that's been trying to attack my bloodline for generations. And it thinks it's going to get you, but it didn't anticipate there being a 14100 East Jewel. It didn't anticipate there being a HarvestCC.me. This is the game changer. What's it? What's it? What's this now? What's this? What's this? What's this? If we were to pick up the story in 1 Kings 18, you would see the significance of this because uh, this woman Jezebel, say Jezebel, uh, she, she, she hated men of God. She hated men of God. And she did everything she could to intimidate men of God. She usurped the authority of men of God. She made herself a ruler to try to oppose the man of God. In fact, in 2006, 10 years ago, They found that Jezebel had her own seal. Mr. Why is that significant? The queen had no business having a seal because the king's seal spoke on behalf of the man of, of, of the queen. She was so out of order. Whenever she saw strong male leadership, she had to tear it down because watch this. The name Jezebel means one who's never been exalted. She was mad that people honored somebody else because nobody ever honored her. Y'all not saying nothing. Don't sit up here and act like you ain't got some family folk and some kin folk that have an issue with church and have an issue with men of God and have an issue with priests. Let me tell you that spirit. That's Jezebel. And they better be careful because she had to die. This is the only city where I've seen people act crazy with people for being committed to church. The only city I've seen parents tell young people, you at church too much. What the hell? You don't say that to no child. What do you want them to do? Out at the club? You must be crazy. Shut your... Y'all not going to say nothing? Yeah, you better be careful because she has to die. Be seated. The Hebrew culture was a male-dominated culture. So how did this woman have so much power? She was, well, I said, she wasn't just a woman. She was a spirit sent to attack in Elijah. Why? Because if she took Elijah out, she'd take out the sons of the prophets. If she took out the sons of the prophets, she'd silence the church. You, 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 you understand, you understand, you understand. What is Jesus building? On this rock I build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against what? The church. So if she takes out Elijah, she takes out the church. Well, then who prevails if there's no church to contend? Hell does. Ooh, but I got to tell hell something. I got to tell hell something tonight. And you ought to tell hell something tonight. On this rock, he'll build his church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Somebody holler, the 
issue is not the people you've been dealing with. It's been the spirit that's in them. They were assassins sent to distract you, then take you out. But tonight, y'all don't even know how to give God praise. See, you've been looking at people. But what you need to do is say, move. That spirit behind you, that's what I'm getting ready to deal with move that attitude behind you that's what I need to deal with why because okay well, I'm giving you the anatomy of an emotional breakdown so Elijah here the reason he has a breakdown watch this is because he's contending with the spirit that's intent on assassinating him you're not hearing me the reason some of y'all like this is because you just thought you were dealing with the emotion now realizing the emotion was triggered by a spirit. Now watch this. If it couldn't get access to you, it gets access to somebody that's got access to you to go put something on them. So when they come into your presence, all of a sudden they leave and you're like, what's wrong with me? Why do I feel this way? Why am I confused about what I knew? Why do I feel like giving up? Why do I feel like this? Ooh, but tonight, I'll touch your neighbor and say that thing's coming down tonight. Oh yeah, touch your neighbor, neighbor say that thing's coming down tonight. There are spirits that have been sent to assassinate you. And if it can pull you in the dark corners and isolate you and then tell you you're by yourself and then tell you it ain't never going to get better for you and then tell you you might as well just give up. See, here's the assassination. The assassination is not just, to, for some people, it is to literally take their lives. But for many individuals, the assassination attempt is to get you to be a dead man walking. Because a better advertisement for the enemy is a Christian walking around stuck in their emotions. That's why some of y'all, that's why some of y'all, when you get around certain people, your body tenses. I'm not talking about a tense of being nervous. I'm not talking about a tense of that. I'm talking about a tense of, watch this, your body's indicating there's an assassin in the room. Jesus Christ, I wish I had a church that was shut. Sometimes your body's trying to tell you, you around an assassin and don't even know it. You sitting up eating their food, sitting up having lunch with them. To, ah. And they smiling in your face, but that spirit they got is trying to assassinate you. That's why when they leave from around you, they go talk about you and lie on you. And they lie on you so you can't tell the truth about them. Oh! Be seated for some people. It is that there is a spirit sent to assassinate. And that's what happened to Elijah. He was a man of God. And the only spirit that could assassinate a man of God was a Jezebel. The only spirit that could mess with a Paul was a python. The only spirit that could take out an Adam was a Lilith. The only spirit that could mess with a Job, wait a minute, was a Leviathan. I ain't even taught you that. I ain't even got time to go there tonight. Are you still here, church? Here's my question. What's been trying to assassinate you? That if you be honest with yourself, look at your life. Every time you were ready to make great progress... All of a sudden, 
I, I, wish, I wish I had somebody here. I wish I had somebody here. Everything seemed great for Elijah the day before chapter 18. He calls the people together and he asks the people, how long will you go back and forth about what you believe? And he sets up a supernatural showdown between God and the false god Baal's followers. And they call on him. They mutilate themselves and nobody answers. Why? Because false gods can't answer. They're only good to be looked at. That's why when you run to alcohol, it doesn't answer you. That's why when you, y'all not going to say nothing. It's a false god. It's a false source. That's when you try to get satisfaction from people. You'll get temporary satisfaction. Then all of a sudden when they go, you feel just as miserable as you did before. Because false gods can't answer. They're just good to be looked at. Y'all not saying nothing. That's why drugs will never be able to get it done for you. That's why reefer ain't going to never, y'all ain't going to say nothing. I'll never be able to get it done for you. That's why homungling out there ain't going to be able to get it done for you. Why, Bishop? Because false gods can't answer. But what I love about Jesus is we've all called on a false God at some point in our lives. Maybe you did it yesterday. Maybe you did it this morning. But what I love about him is this morning I got new mercies. Which means he, he washed away all of my sin and washed away all of my failure and washed away all of my mistakes. Watch this. False gods can't answer. I said false gods can't answer. I said, false gods can't answer. Who, if I just get married, I'm going to be better. False gods can't answer. Who, if I just get divorced, I'll be better. False gods can't answer. Who, if I just get this car, I'll be better. False gods can't answer. Who, if I just get this house, I'll be better. False gods can't answer. Who, if I just get more money, more money, more money, more money. False gods cannot answer. And these false gods cannot answer for Baal. And so uh, no one answers. And Elijah adjusts them. He's jovial with them. He says, perhaps your God is meditating. Perhaps he's busy or on a trip. Or maybe he's taking a nap. Everybody likes a good nap every now and then. Elijah then, watch this, to show God's power, he rebuilds the broken down altar in an effort to display how awesome God is. He wets the wood three times over. He calls down fire from heaven. It consumes the wood. It consumes the stones, it licks up all of the water, and then one man slays 450 prophets of the false god Baal, Jezebel's god. Now he's been, watch this, separated, he's been cut on, he's been isolated and refined, he's dealt with temporary failure, and now he's the man. He stands up on top of the mountain, and one man throws his hand up and say, if God be for me, this was your last breath. And one man slays 450 false prophets. Let me prophesy into somebody's life. Tomorrow's going to be your greatest day of victory ever. Y'all don't even know how to receive it. I said tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, that'll be the greatest day of victory you ever had in your life. Somebody holler by this time tomorrow. He's on top of the world. Be seated. He's on top of the world, church. He takes out 450 guys. He's the man. But then here's where the assassin comes in. Because to assassinate, the leader has to have his hands up. Because he's not looking. <laughs> to assassinate... You have to be not paying attention. You're not understanding. She was an assassin, which means an assassin needs you to get distracted 
so that you're not looking up at the windows. An assassin needs to get you distracted so you're not paying attention to what's really going on. And so after his great victory on Mount Carmel, Jezebel makes one threat and she sends it by way of a messenger. She doesn't come herself. She sends somebody else. Because watch this. Watch this. Those spirits that have been after you for years. Watch this. Here's what they learn. They learn they don't work on you directly. So they send a messenger to you. They'll get somebody to text you. Somebody, I'm not going to say nothing email you, call you, they send it through a third party because you'll receive them and not realize they're carrying something. That's why you got to be careful when old people start showing up because whenever old folks start showing up, that's an indication God is in the middle of doing something new. Watch this. Watch this. Let me give you an example. Can I give you an example? Can I preach like I want to, church? Let me give you an example. Watch this. What's significant is if somebody comes to your door. Now, I know in Denver, many people like to leave their doors open. That ain't where I'm from. Where I'm from, we lock the door. When we come in the house, we lock the door. When we're thinking about going out the door, we lock the door just in case. We leave the door locked even if we're just going to go outside and come back in. We take our whole set of keys just to run out to the car. Be like, well, you're just running out. It's through the garage. That's okay. I'm just going to lock it just in case. I just don't want no, I don't want no trouble, no trouble. You understand? Now, watch this. You, watch this, if you look, watch this, if you look through the peephole and you see somebody familiar, you'll instantly open the door because what you're looking at is familiar. But you don't realize behind their back they had an assassin sniper rifle. I just revealed to you what's been going on in your life. You've been opening the door for all these familiar faces, but they've been carrying the assassin's weapons. Ooh, but tonight. What's this? If it's familiar, you'll say to yourself, I know that person, so I'm going to let them in. Let me in, let me in, let me in now. I'm going to let them in because they are familiar. Boop, familiar spirit. So now I'm going to let them in because I know them. But I didn't realize that, watch this, the spirits that have been studying you, trying to assassinate you, that they realize you let them in too. So because it tried that a couple years ago and it didn't work on you, it said, let's not go this way. No, 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 no. They got smart. So what they did is say, go through the peephole through somebody they know. Because they won't expect it coming from somebody they know. They won't expect the conversation to go there with somebody they know. They won't expect, okay, y'all not saying unto. She makes one threat she sends by a messenger, be seated, and she says she's going to kill him. And it sends him on the run for his life. Even after seeing such a great victory, he's been attacked and he's in the middle of an emotional breakdown. Say the anatomy of an emotional breakdown. Hear me, church, often great breakdowns, watch this, occur after great triumph or great progress in your life and just prior to great triumph and great breakthrough in your life. You miss it. Often emotional breakdowns. Anybody, if you just be honest, you at Harvest, so you ain't got to lie, you didn't had some moments over these last six, seven months where you just had some emotional like, woo-wee. Let me, let me tell you what's happening. Either you just came out of great victory, watch this. Or the assassin peeps something coming. And so watch this. Paul said, there's a great and effective door open for me and there are many adversaries. 
Since it's already open, they can't stop it. They need you to just break down before you get to it. I turned it off. But let me tell you what we're going to do tonight. Touch your neighbor. This is what we're going to do tonight. Say, this is what we're going to do tonight. Not only are you not breaking down, your neighbor's going to push you through that door tonight. <laughs> Touch your neighbor. Say, I'm pushing you through that door. What is the door? It is what you've been praying for. It's what you've been asking for. What you've been believing for. And not only are you not breaking down, push your neighbor. Say, I'm pushing you through it. Watch this. Watch this. He started out right, Elijah did. There's only one more man I'm going to talk about. He started out right. At first, he went to Beersheba, which, which was a spiritual place, a spiritual place. But after he went to a spiritual place, something happened in his breakdown. He went into a self-created and self-inflicted wilderness. The book says he went a day's journey into the wilderness. He dwelt in the breakdown longer than a day. He, he, he felt a little off. He got in his emojis. And what he's supposed to do is then say, I'm through with them emojis. That's why the Bible says scriptures like this. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, on your emotions. Don't you even go to sleep stuck in your emotions. Because you're going to dream about them crazy emotions. And you're going to wake up with them crazy emotions. So the book says, don't even go to sleep in your emotions. Which is why sometimes you got to tell yourself, I'm not going to sleep until I can say to myself, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be made glad in him. I ain't going to sleep until I got something good to say. I ain't going to uh, yeah. Watch. He keeps it for longer than a day and he goes a, a day's journey into the wilderness and he begins to say things like this. He begins to say he's by himself. The significance of it is, is that he had his servant with him, which meant he had somebody around him that really wasn't supporting him. Don't think the presence of people means the presence of support. Some of the folk you be carrying around you ain't nothing but leeches. And Proverbs says a leech ain't got nothing but two daughters. Give me and give me some more. You're like, how I got all this and I still feel by myself. What was it? What was it? Say, touch your neighbor, say, he, took it, he, he stayed in it too long. Tell him. So, so he goes by himself. And he, he goes by himself. Touch your neighbor, say, you're not alone. You're not alone. Say, say, our whole row, our whole row is, busting out, is busting out, breaking out. <laughs> See, there y'all go shouting. I ain't even finished the line. neighbor by the arm and rock him and shake him and shake him and rock him and say this whole road's breaking through. Yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Oh, it. I got finished. Say I'm not by myself. Stop letting your emotions lie to you. You are not by yourself. Your emotions are yoked to you, so they pull you over here and say, see, it's just us. But they pulled you over there. Touch your neighbor and say, you're not by yourself. 
That's why you got to stay connected to church. That's why you got to stay connected to the word. That's why you got to put them CDs in your car like Tic Tacs. You ain't got no CD player. You got to get it on auto message. But then he prayed to die. Watch the, watch the conundrum. He prays to die. He asked God to become Dr. Kevorkian. Self-assisted suicide. He says, God, I don't want to do it myself because even I know how stupid it sounds. But if you'll do it, then perhaps it'll be all right. Even I know I got more life to live. Even I know this don't make sense to feel this way. Even I know it don't make no sense to talk this way. Who am I preaching to? There's some stuff your emotions tell you that you be like, even I know that's crazy. You still here. He says, God, I want you. He says, Lord, just kill me. And he says, he's no better than his father's. So watch this now. Watch this. His breakdown turns into a full-blown out depression. When you don't take discouragement, it turns into depression. He's in a full depression because he now starts saying he's no better than his father's. But here's the reality is he was better than his father's. He starts saying he ain't nothing but a failure, but he wasn't. Your emotions will start telling you stuff that's not true. Touch your neighbor, say you're selling yourself short. Tell him, say you as kind, you as smart, you as impotent. And I don't know if that's what she said in the movie, but that's what I'm saying tonight. You, you'll sell yourself short. You'll, you'll forget all the stuff you've accomplished that other folk only wish they accomplished. Because, see, they think you're way older than you are. They don't know how. What's it? What's it? He prayed to die, said he's no better than his father's. He feels like a failure. But I love what Babe Ruth says. Every strike puts me closer to the next home run. But watch this. In his breakdown, I'm giving you the anatomy and I got to get to one more man. He essentially said, God, what's wrong with me? This spirit had, watch this, this assassin spirit had him questioning, what's wrong with me? And he, watch this, the book says, I've talked to you before, he didn't want to do anything but sleep so he didn't have to deal with his emotional breakdown. See, that's why you're so tired. That's why you take all kind of vitamins, all kind of supplements and still I'm just so tired. Because you didn't realize you were hit with an assassin's bullet. And the reason you're so tired is because you're bleeding and don't know it. You ever watch those movies where in the movie the guy, guy, guy gets shot, guy gets shot. When the guy gets shot, he doesn't know that he's been shot. And then he looks at it. And then when he looks at it, it's all this blood. And they're like, you're losing blood. We got to get you to a hospital because you're losing blood. What does blood represent in scriptural life? You are losing blood because you've been shot and didn't know you've been shot. Because you're so used to being strong, you learn how to take shots. Yeah, I don't care. Some of y'all looking at me with Denver face. I'm going to preach my own self happy. Watch this. Your neighbor's so used to being strong and so used to having to deal with so much at one time that they learn how to take shots and just keep up. They're like the Terminator. You shoot them and they just keep on walking. They learn how to take a licking but keep on ticking. But this time they didn't realize they got shot and they've been bleeding. That shot went deeper than they knew. And they've been bleeding. So you, you're so used to being strong, you never learn to heal. Watch this. That's the same reason why when people cook, they don't eat. You ever cook this wonderful meal and then sit out here and fix everybody else's problem but yours? 
You feed everybody else but yourself. You help everybody else but yourself. You're so used to doing and making sure everybody else is good, you didn't check your own wound. That's why when you cook, you don't eat. Most people, when they cook, they don't sit down and eat with everybody. And if they do, they have a little, you know, they have a little finger foods. They have hors d'oeuvres, you know. They made this wonderful 18-course meal and all that, and then I'm just going to have four bites. Just give me a pinch. Watch this. Elijah, I'm almost done. Watch this. Elijah, this is one more man I got to tell you about. Say the anatomy of an emotional breakdown. He does nothing but want to sleep all day. And he's sitting up under, I've talked to this before, under a broom tree, which is a juniper tree, which is used to flavor gin. So the Bible infers that Elijah was sipping on, laid back with his mind on his breakdown and his breakdown on his mind. And don't you try to judge nobody just because that ain't been your issue. Maybe, you, maybe yours wasn't gin and juice. Maybe it was Krispy Kreme and milk. Y'all not saying nothing. Touch your name and say, don't judge nobody right through here. Maybe yours was Craig and Day Day. Or Laverne and Shirley. Bishop, what's the point? He used something to anesthetize his breakdown. It distracted him temporarily. It got his mind off of it temporarily. He didn't have to confront the issue temporarily. So what he did was he, he slept. Watch this. This is how some people live. He woke up, went to work. Came home, anesthetized, whatever that was for him. You know, anesthesia. That's what it anesthetized, okay? Anesthetized, went to sleep. And let me tell you something. People who do that, when they see you putting God first, they don't get it because they're not used to using his medicine. They're used to using something else. still here so here it is he's the man of God he ain't no regular guy he calls fire from heaven he says Lord God says yes he doesn't have a go-between he is the go-between and he's so in his breakdown that he does nothing but sleep and anesthetize and no matter how great things looked externally for him, he still felt like a failure inside. And as he starts getting strong, touch your neighbor and say, we're getting there. As he starts getting strong, watch this, because here's the trip about a breakdown. You'll start coming out of it. And then as you start coming out of it, I wish I had an honest church. You ever left church like, yes, I'm finna. And then all of a sudden, an hour later, Thank you for the seven honest people in the room. When you start getting strong, you need to know that's what's happening there is Isaiah 66 and 9. Bishop, what's that? The New Century Version says it like this. In the same way, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born. Says the Lord, if I cause you pain, I won't stop you from giving birth. 
you missed it. What, what, what are you saying, Bishop? When you start getting strong and all of a sudden you get knocked back, let me tell you what's going on. Contractions. Touch the neighbor and say, that's just part of the breakdown. Yeah, yeah. See, the contractions are necessary to make sure that what you're birthing is strong enough to live outside of you. And to, uh, y'all not going to say nothing. Touch the neighbor and say, I'm birthing something. Somebody said, Bishop, what am I birthing? I'm birthing a new version of myself. Where did we start this? I'm being transformed into his image and to his likeness. There's a new me coming up out of this breakdown. There's a new me coming out of this mess. So watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, he, he, the contractions start. Wind comes, earthquake comes, fire comes. All this drama comes. And the Lord asks him this question. He says, what are you doing here? What do you mean, what, are you, what, am, I, what, do you mean, what am I doing here? Here's what God was really saying. Why are you still in this breakdown? He said, now you know what's been going on. Those are contractions. So now why are you still sad? Now that you know what's going on, why are you still acting like you don't? God almighty. Now that you know why life is the way it is right now, why are you still acting like you don't know? The Lord asked him, why, why, why are you acting this way? Elijah responds, well, Lord, I've been zealous for you. I've been passionate for you, and I feel all alone. God's solution to him was, he said, go get you an Elisha and go. And he said, because y'all finna kill Ahab, and, and, and y'all finna take Jezebel out. Now, now, let me just, let me make that practical for you. Uh, you're going to have to touch your neighbor at least seven more times. So just, I hope you like him, okay? And if you don't, just love God, love people, love life, okay? Just, just fake it till you make it. Go with me, all right? Touch that neighbor, say, neighbor. Elisha did for Elijah what he couldn't do for himself. Say, tonight, I'm going to do for you what you need me to do. Say, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy. That means I declare that in your life, no more breakdown, breakthrough. Whatever assassin spirit that's been trying to take you out, in the name of Jesus, we shut that assignment down right now. That assassination attempt is over. Tell them. In Jesus' name. You ought to bless them if you believe it. Your Elisha just did for you what you couldn't do for. Yeah. Yeah. Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? There's one more man, my favorite, and I got, I, I got limited time. I got three minutes, so I got to give you the abbreviated version. We talked about Jeremiah's breakdown. I gave you the anatomy of his. We talked about Elijah's breakdown. I gave you the anatomy of his, but there's one that I really like. It's Job. And I've taught on Job before. Job is a man from Uz. That's North Africa. He feared God and he ran from the appearance of evil. But sometimes bad things can happen to God's people. It ain't about being a good person because the book says our goodness is still filthy rags. It's about being God's person. Sometimes bad things happen to God's people. Watch this. Here's why I wanted to get to this story and then just stop at Elijah. Because watch this. Uh, uh, he has ten kids. Ten. The best of the best. Divine perfection. He's the greatest and wealthiest man in his region. The uh, Bible says he prayed for his family by rising up daily and even gave offerings on behalf of his kids. And in Job chapter 1, there's a meeting of the sons of God, which is a Hebrew idiom, meaning the angelic host. And Satan begins, uh, and God begin a negotiation of sorts. It's God that volunteers Job. Amen. 
So Jeremiah's breakdown came from trying to help people he shouldn't have been helping. Elijah's breakdown comes from an assassination attempt. Watch this. Job's breakdown comes because God orders it. What do you do when the man that ordered it is the owner? Some of y'all got lost. Stay with me. Touch your neighbor say, stay with Bishop. It's God that volunteers Job because God knew that he could trust Job with trouble. It is a great honor that God bestows. I remember asking the Lord one time in my life, I said, God, why does it seem like everything simple has to be such a fight just to get done? And his answer was, just look at Job. The deal was that Satan would be able to get Job to curse God. That word curse in Hebrew means to turn from, to stop serving, to speak against, and to resent God. So God, Satan says to God, I bet you he's going to resent you. I bet you he's going to turn away from you. I bet you he'll speak against you and I bet you he'll stop serving you if he gets in a breakdown and then one day God gives uh, permission but it was God who volunteered him and one day Job gets four bad reports back to back you ever had a day where every time somebody had something to bring to you it was like oh 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 God uh. The first report was that the Sabaeans took 500 yoke of oxen, that's a thousand oxen, and donkeys, and killed his servants, and fire fell from heaven, fire fell from heaven, fire fell from heaven, which meant God was behind it. Now, this, this might be a conundrum for somebody in here because you'd be like, well, why, if God loves me, why would God be allowing certain things to happen to me? Why is God watching me in this breakdown and doing nothing about it? I came to talk to somebody tonight. Uh, then he gets another message the, uh, where the, uh, that fire falls from heaven and consumes 7,000 sheep. Uh, then the Chaldeans took his 300 camels and killed the servants. And then a windstorm made his children's house collapse, and now they're all dead. But amazingly, Joel didn't get mad at God. He didn't go crazy. Amazingly. Touch your neighbor say amazingly. You got five more times to touch him. He fell to his knees and he worshipped uh, the first time. It's easy to be strong when your tank is full, but how are you able to be strong when you're running on empty? It's easy to be strong when you got something else to lean on, but uh, when you got this to believe on and this to lean on and this to do, but how are you strong when you're five miles past empty riding your gas light down I-225 and the next exit's fight 15 miles away? I know that's not true. I know the exits are closer, but just roll with me. Watch this. He didn't use his trouble as an excuse to go back to the world, as an excuse to quit coming to church, as an excuse. See, watch this. Somebody you know, not you, you're spiritual, has been using their emotional breakdowns and excuses. And, and because bad things have been happening to them, they've been responding and taking on the spirit of what's been happening to them. And because bad things have been happening, they've been acting bad. But with Job, it was like Job knew if God's allowing all of this and he could stop it, he must be up to something. Someone say God is up to something. After all of that, I got two minutes. After all of that experience on one day, you think Job had enough, but now there's another meeting in heaven. And I don't know about you, but if I was Job, I would have prayed, please don't meet about me no more. I'm glad that you believe in me so greatly to trust me with trouble, but can you just not believe in me like that no more? But I came to speak it into somebody's life tonight. God believes in you, whether or not you believe in it or not. And whatever you in, your neighbor is going to help you come out of that tonight. So you might as well just break through. Touch your neighbor say you might as well break through. Four more times. Watch this. You think Job had enough, but once again, there's another meeting. There's another meeting in heaven. And here it is again. God brings up Job's name. You think Job had enough. 
And I'm sure Job was feeling good. He was probably just getting over the loss of his children. He was probably just getting over the loss because the Bible doesn't record when it happened. It just records that there was another day. So we don't know how much time passed in between. So I bet you he was just getting over all that financial loss. I bet you he had just got himself a new automobile because his credit had bounced back. I'm just trying to make it practical. I bet you he had just now got his self-esteem back. I bet you he had just now, I bet you just, I bet you he had just now had all these good things happen. And then all of a sudden, God has a meeting and he says, Satan, where you been? Same thing I did last time we was meeting. Watch this. And God again brings up Job's name. God makes the exact same assertion about Job to Satan in chapter 2, verse 3, as he does in chapter 1, verse 8. But he adds something. Job 2, 3 says this. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's nobody like him in the earth. He's a blameless man, an upright man. He fears God and he shuns evil. And still, <laughs> y'all clearly don't know when to shout here. Lead the verse up. And still. God has been looking at everything you've been going with. And God's been like. And still. They lied on you. And still. They talked about you. And still. You lost some money. And still. You lost some self-esteem. And, and still. He holds fast to his integrity. Watch this though. Although you incited me against him. To destroy him without cause. Now, I just can I just mess with you for a minute? God says, Satan, you incited me against him. But when I read the text, go to 1-8, go to 1-8, go to 1-8. When I read the text, when I read the text, when I read the text, look at verse, uh, so you see God asking him the question. Look at verse 9. Here's Satan's response. So Satan answered, does he fear you for nothing? Now, God says, in chapter 2, he says, you incited me against him. But God brought up his name. Why? God plays chess with himself. He sits back. He makes one move over here. And then he'll come on the other side, make another move over here. Then he'll come on the other side. This is how all things work together. Why? Because the one working to both sides of it is the same one. And he'll make another move. And I said, now listen, that's going to teach them about this rejection issue they need to deal with. So they need to go through that. And that's going to finally get them healed from when they were abandoned at four. So they need to go through that. And, and this is going to make them stop putting all of their hope and trust in low lowlifes. So they need to go through that. And this is going to make them realize that I am God and besides me there is no money. They need to go through that. He's playing self with himself. Why did he do it with Job? Because Job said, the thing I fear the most has come upon me. God knew that. We can assume safely Satan did not. So God says, I'm working both sides of the table here because Job, I can't have you stuck thinking it's all going to fall out one day because you will attract that to you. So better watch this church. I'm going to shout myself. And when I run off of this stage, in case I do, y'all just do something. I don't know. Better me be behind it. And I'll control the storm rather than me giving you over to an enemy. So You're not hearing what I'm saying. 
Did you get the point? Did you get the point? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? Job 2, 3. And still. Say still. I got to finish. He holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to show without cause. He's still standing, God says, and so are you. You might have some bruises, but you're standing. Might be working through some grief, but you're standing. May not understand it all, but you're standing. And then God brags about him. Say they're in a meeting. In this meeting, they're having an open discussion. This is an offline item. An offline item is something that don't need to be discussed with subordinates. God has a discussion that should be an offline discussion with him and Satan. He has it in front of all the angels. The chief princes, to be specific. The archangels. So now they're talking about something that's supposed to be between them. And God interrupts the meeting and says, hey, everybody. Hey, listen. Uh, after all Job's been through, still, Job holds fast to his integrity. What was he doing? He was bragging on it. Let me tell you what heaven's been doing over you the last few days. Bragging on you. Heaven's been looking at everything coming at you and how you've been still standing in spite of it and how you wiped those tears from and how you threw your shoulders back and said, I was built for this and for this reason was I sent. Heaven has been bragging on you. Here it is. I got to finish. Job's three friends make an appointment to come mourn with him and comfort him. And Job has a breakdown from chapter 3 until chapter 42. Say, that's a long breakdown. Uh-huh. And if you've been in one of them long breakdowns, that's over now. I said, you, I said that's over now. Bishop, you can just speak it. Second Chronicles 2020. Yes, I can. If you've been in a prolonged breakdown, that's over right now. Job had a breakdown, but the scripture suggests, watch this, here's what I love about it, I'm almost done. He was able to do it in private. Thank God he covers us when we need it the most. See, people just don't know how close you've been to being on an episode of Snap. They don't know how close you've been to the edge. You learn how to smile and love God, love people, love life. They didn't know, who am I preaching to? They didn't know how close you were to just saying, you know what, I had about as much of this as I can take. Job's breakdown was so severe that for about seven days when his three friends show up, they don't even speak. You ever been in the middle of a breakdown where you couldn't, you couldn't even talk? And you weren't trying to be passive-aggressive. You just couldn't talk. People say, what's wrong? I just... I, I'm not trying to not answer you. I just, I, I, I just don't even have nothing to say. Check with me in a few days and maybe I can tell you what's going on. Here's the name of his friends. Watch this. Eliphaz, El Eliphaz, uh, Bildad, and Zophar. Those are his friends' names. Zophar means doubt. Bildad means God has loved. More specifically there, Baal has loved, which meant it was somebody that had something that didn't have it, that saw Job had it, that didn't want Job to have it. Be careful when you talk to the unaccomplished about accomplishing something. Be careful when you talk to those that have not beaten or conquered anything about how to beat or conquer something. And then watch this. He spoke to Eliphaz. Eliphaz, he, he meant God, his God is gold. Now, in other words, he was all about the money for him. But then more specifically, his name means he, was, he tried to act like a wise sage. 
These are friends you got who don't come to church, but yet they quote scripture. These are the friends you got walking around with these little made-up titles they got and bought off the internet. Talking about they this and they that and they apostle this and prophet this and evangelist this and pastor this and teacher this. Uh, y'all not saying nothing to me. And bishop this and archbishop this. Then they bought it off the computer and all that. And, and they quoting scripture, but they ain't submitted to nobody. They're trying to go around and preach, but they ain't got nobody they submitted to. They're out of order, out of line, and God says, I ain't got no parts in it. But yet they wise. 2 Corinthians chapter this and this and such and such and says this. Don't tithe yet they're trying to give you some counsel. Y'all not saying nothing and it's going to make me get a little fuggy. I suggest you say something to me. I got my good preaching Jordans on tonight, Simon. These, these, are, people, these are people that send you little scripture notes and send you little devotionals and send you little text message encouragements but they're totally out of order. Talking about the Lord called them and they can't even serve. The Lord called them, they can't clean the bathroom. The Lord called, the Lord ain't called you to do nothing if you can't sit up and, and follow and submit to order. You ain't nothing but a lie. You're the whore of Babylon. You ain't doing nothing but sitting up lying, running your mouth. Lord called me to preach. Good, go clean the bathrooms. Preach to them toilets. Huh? And won't the Lord make a way out of nowhere? Yeah. Yeah. Until you learn how to serve, you can't be trusted to lead. Unless you've been faithful with another man's, who gives you your own? I ain't standing up here because I put myself here. I'm standing up here because I worked on somebody else's. I was faithful to somebody else's and I gave to somebody else's. But they wise though. They wise though. They got all the answers. You look at their life. Come on, front row. Y'all don't leave me like this, front row. Don't do me like this, front row. Come on, front row. Don't do me like this, front row. They, 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 watch this, watch this. You look at their life and you're like, do you follow your advice? Because all I'm saying is, is I'm not judging, but I am a fruit inspector. And when I look at the fruit, they got all the answers. They got all, thank you, front row. They got all the answers. Thank you. They got all the answers. Thank you, front row. I appreciate that. They got all the answers. They got all the answers. Uh-huh. 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 Say, say amen, because I feel, I feel I need to stay here. Cause, Cause, some of y'all been listening to Eliphazes, and you wonder why you're, oh, excuse me, you. Eliphaz repulses Boaz. What's a Boaz? A promise. What's an Eliphaz? What's keeping a promise from coming to you? But I'm out of time. They tell me I got to stop right here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You got to be careful because some of these Eliphazes are your family members and your relatives. And they sitting up, they got all the answers. They, they trying to tell you, yeah, I do this, I do this, I do this. Man, get you some fruit. Get you some results. Don't you sit up here trying to tell me how to make something happen and you ain't never made nothing happen. Show me something for you trying to tell me something. 
But that's my mama. And your mama need to learn herself. Your mama need to get herself submitted. Your mama need to come sit down in church and learn something. Your mama need to, y'all not going to say nothing to me. Her mama the reason her life messed up. Her mama the reason her life messed up. They've been listening to your mama. Well, mama said, man, you better learn how to read this book and realize that God, okay, let me, let me. But daddy said, daddy's out of order. And since he's out of order, he ain't got nothing to tell you about no order. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm just sick of seeing people ruin their life behind the Eliphaz. And as soon as they give them bad counsel, they're going to walk out on you and disappear on you anyhow. They're going to give you bad advice and then say, oh, wow, that really went bad for you. Oh, wow. If Satan wants to destroy you, he sends the wrong person at the wrong time with the wrong words to keep you from the right thing. It's quiet, church. I'm going to say it again. If Satan wants to destroy you and to get you to destroy yourself, he'll send the wrong person at the wrong time with the word wrong words to keep you from the right thing. In fact, here's what happened. God speaks to these three friends later on. And Joe, I got I to gotta quit. He, uh, he speaks to these friends and he goes, God goes to these friends and he says, you spoke to Job in error. And God says, if Job won't pray for you, I'm going to kill you. He said, because you had no business running your mouth to Job. Job reported up, not to you. And he should have been listening to leadership, not to you. And since you spoke to him out of turn, I'm going to kill you if he doesn't pray for you. You can read it in Job chapter 42. That's why the Bible says, and Job prayed for his friends. Because if he didn't pray, God says, I'm going to kill them. Because they had no business talking to you when you were in the middle of a breakdown. They should have sent you back to the word. They should have sent you back to the leadership. They should have sent you back to that. They had no business giving you their opinion. Are you still here? Got to be careful who you're talking to when you're in a breakdown moment because every attack against you begins with a conversation. And church, I got to finish it, but the best verse, can I give you the best verse? I, I, I apologize. I know you got so much to do. I know you're so busy. I know, I know you're taking over. I know you're busy, but I got to get this out tonight. If I don't do it for nobody else, I just got to get it out for myself. So please indulge me. Despite the mixed counsel, Bildad gives one line here that's a good one. <laughs> Say one line. He gives him something powerful. Job 8, 7. He says this. This is the only thing he said right. The rest of the stuff got him on death row. And God's death row is pretty, you know, it's like, who's going to get you all? You're going to need more than a dream team to get you off, lad. You're going you to need God to put you on. Watch this. Job 8, 7. Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end will increase abundantly. Now, now remember, what's the message, church? The anatomy of an emotional breakdown. Job's in a breakdown where God is trying to get something in him, out of him. The thing he feared the most came upon him. But then he's trying to teach, watch this, he's trying to teach these three friends something, and then he's also making a mockery of Satan's inciting of Job against God and God against Job. 
So God is, watch this. He says, I'm making so many moves at one time with one breakdown. What you've been in, God says, I've been doing so much with that. You were just trying to get through it, but you didn't know I was doing so much with that. I was, there, you have folk watching you. You didn't know was watching you. you know, I, I've been touching neighbors say, God's getting a lot done with this one situation. Uh-huh, yeah, that, 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 that's why you should shout, why, Bishop? Uh, because God says, I'm getting so much done with this one situation, you ain't going to have to revisit this again. The book says Job didn't go through that again. But at the end, can I preach like I want to? The Bible says God gave him double for all of his trouble. And I, I need you to high-five your neighbor and say, you ain't going to have to go through this again. Watch this. Here's how the Hebrew words appear. Here's how the Hebrew words appear. Job 8, 7. Can I, can I get a verse, church? I apologize. I know I'm a little later than normal. I apologize. Please, please forgive me. Uh, it says this. No, uh, uh, it says, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end will increase abundantly. Here's the way those Hebrew words appear, in order. Say in order. It says this. This is the English of that Hebrew line. So I'm going to give it to you in English how it appears in the original text. Then I'm going to give you the Hebrew words, and then I'm going to shout myself. What's this? What's this? And was thought your beginning small, and yet your latter end increased greatly, should greatly for inquire. I'm going to say it again. This is how the words appear in Hebrew. That's the English words. That's how they appear in Hebrew. Hebrew in order. And was thought your beginning small, and yet your latter end increase should greatly for inquire. So those are the Hebrew words in English. You see how they changed order? They touch the neighbor and say, this is the significance of it. Okay, you got two more times to touch your neighbor. Okay, watch this. Though your beginning, here's that Hebrew word, reshith. R-E-S-H-I-T-H. It means the beginning. It means part. It means time, principle, thing, first fruit. Bishop, what have I been dealing with? This is a first fruit. No, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it. The first fruit, whatever, here's the principle of first fruits, real simple. Whatever the first fruit is, the rest is. If the first fruit is blessed, the rest is. You breaking through this. This is as broke you'll ever be. This is as angry you're going to ever be. This is as low you're going to ever be. This is the first fruit. This ain't your harvest. Ow! This ain't your harvest. This is just the first fruit. Wait, wait. Wait. Then that word, then that word, then that word, small. In Hebrew, it's the word mitzar. means insignificant for a little while. It means petty. <laughs> Though your first fruit was insignificant for a little while and petty. Then the next words, yet your latter end. Say, yet my latter end. That's the Hebrew word akarif, which means latter end, hinder, uttermost, length, remnant, residue. Watch these last three. These are the shout ones. The part that survived. Wait, wait, wait. wait then, then, then it means, watch this, what follows. But here's the one I like. Yet your latter end, your reward. 
So just watch the Bible, church. Though your breakdown was a first fruit that was insignificant and petty for a little while, your reward, because you learned how to survive, shall increase. Say increase. Now watch this. Increase is the Hebrew word sagah. It's a verb, which means it's an action word. It means, watch this, not just to enlarge, but to enlarge upward. To grow up. So God says, this breakdown, anybody had one of the last seven months? That breakdown was a first fruit. Got it? Say it was a first fruit. See, that's why you had to be here tonight. That's why I wouldn't, I don't understand people that let stuff keep them out of church. I don't even understand that. I don't even get that. Because see, the message you miss is the one you all need the most. So I says, though, though your breakdown was the first fruit, small, insignificant, petty. He says, your reward for learning to survive, your breakdown is going to cause you to enlarge upwardly and to finally grow up. But it gets better. But it gets better. Say abundantly. That's the Hebrew word miad, which means diligently, especially, exceedingly, far, fast, good, great, louder and louder. I'm going to enlarge upwardly, diligently, exceedingly, far, fast. No, 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 no. Stop. No, you missed it. And I can't let you, you're going to put some respect on this verse. I got two minutes, but I'm only doing one CD. Are you hearing me? So you're going to touch your name and say, put some respect on this verse. He says, but you will increase abundantly. Now here's what that means. You're going to go far fast let me tell you something the reason you've been in what you've been through is because from this day forward you're going far but you're gonna go touch your neighbor and say you're going far fast <laughs> You in a sprint now, baby. You've been walking for the last day. You better start them. How far your neighbors say, I'm going far fast. You've been learning how to handle more than you thought you could. Because you're about to sprint. And when you sprint, you ain't got no time for breaks. You ain't got no time for little stops. Shut your neighbor and say, I'm going far fast. But, watch. Watch. But, but here's the part I got to get you. How much time I got? Here's, uh, huh? No. No, because all that running, I got to. <laughs> That's cool, though. 
Slim fit bishop. Though. Watch this. Okay. Watch this. There's two words that don't appear in the English that appear in the Hebrew. The end of the verse. Say the end of the verse. It means for inquire. Remember I read that to you in English? You got to get the CD, church, because even my note takers, you ain't keeping up with me. I know it. You stop taking notes at Jeremiah. You're like, I, he's just going so fast. He just, he just be moving through that word. He just be going, don't he, though? You just, Jay. Watch this. So you got to take notes here because it's not going to be on the compact disc. It can be on the uh, auto, it'll be on auto message. All right. I want So get auto message. Say for inquire. Now, the English text doesn't say this, but it's recorded in the Hebrew words. Are you here, church? Here's why this is significant. For inquire, he says, you're going to, though your beginning, though your breakdown was your first fruit, it was small, significant, petty. Your reward is going to cause you to go far fast and to increase upwardly. Got it? Got it? For inquire, that's what you mean. For inquire isn't seen in the King James Version, but it's seen in the original Hebrew text. It is the word shall. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's.